بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأصلي وأسلم على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا وحبيبنا وقرة عيوننا محمد بن عبد الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أفضل الصلاة وأتم التسليم أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في قرآنه العزيز بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمُ اتَّبِعُوا مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ قَالُوا بَلْ نَتَّبِعُ مَا أَلْفَيْنَا عَلَيْهِ آبَاءَنَا أَوَلَوْ كَانَ آبَاؤُهُمْ لَا يَعْقِلُونَ شَيْئًا وَلَا يَهْتَدُونَ we start by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Him, the Almighty, the Lord of all worlds, the Exalted, to send His choicest of blessings and salutations upon the final messenger, our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family members, his companions, and all those who tread upon his path with utmost sincerity until the day of Qiyamah. My dear respected elders and brothers in Islam, I start off by reminding myself and then all of you all present here to bring in a life of taqwa and that is to be aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be conscious of our maker during every single second of our lives if we wish to attain success in this world as well as the hereafter may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us of our sins and may he make us from the people of taqwa may he make us from the victorious and successful ones ameen for today's khutbah I hope to be dealing with the ayah that I read at the beginning the ayah is in Surah Al-Baqarah, which is the second chapter in the Noble Qur'an, ayah number 170. So we're going to be dealing with at least the first part of the ayah, insha'Allah. So let me loosely translate it and then we can delve into the content. Allah says, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمُ And when it is said to them, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ When it is said to them, اِتَّبِعُوا مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهُ Follow closely what Allah has revealed. Ittabi'u ma anzal Allah. Follow closely what Allah has revealed. Qalu, they respond. They respond by saying, Bal nattabi'u ma alfayna alayhi aba'ana. Rather than closely following what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed, we will follow what we found our fathers upon. We will follow. We will closely follow, the same word is used, ittiba'ah. We will closely follow what our fathers were upon, what our forefathers were upon, what our ancestors were upon. So based on this ayah and having established the premise, I hope to be touching on something very important. But before I go into it, a little bit of context. All of us, we have family. Yes or no? We all have family. And for those who think of themselves as not having family you have family you have family at work perhaps you have family in college you have family amidst your friends and overall you are part of the family of the ummah of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so we have family and let's think about the issues that we have with our family members at times perhaps it's a disagreement with your father or your mother, with your parents. It could be an argument that you had with your sibling. Or it could be certain pet peeves, certain things that you 
find annoying certain things that you find irritating in regards to them perhaps the way they wake up it could be perhaps the irritating munching noise they make when they eat or the way they talk their attitudes their behaviors there are certain things that tick us off there are many things in that sense but honestly upon closer inspection you arrive at a conclusion that these are all superficial things these are all things that are superficial not things that you have to give a lot of importance to but this ayah actually deals with something deeper that runs a lot deeper and for that matter i would like to be touching on something known as generational curses for today's sermon based on this ayah now when you say generational curses the minute you put this term out there a lot of us think okay it has something to do with black magic perhaps it has something to do with sorcery it has something to do with the demons or the jinn possession voodoo sorcery because when you say generational curses it sounds like there's something uh, you know in the nature of spells that are connected to it but let me define what a generational curse is first a generational curse is a limiting belief a limiting belief or quality that is passed down from generation to generation and it limits our potential it hinders it blocks our potential it blocks us from scaling great heights it blocks us from achieving our potentials and this is established in the ayah as you can see allah is commanding the pagans during the time of the prophet sallallahu follow closely what allah has revealed and what's their response bal nattabi'u ma alfayna alayhi aba'ana no rather we're going to follow what our forefathers were upon what our fathers were upon now this generational curse if you look at it in today's modern context it could be anything like i said any limiting belief or any quality passed down from generation to generation it could be anything from your attitude towards money it could be in regards to your thoughts about marriage thoughts about divorce thoughts about weight issues it could be your negative thoughts about relationships marital relationships your financial struggles your thoughts towards education or further education it could you know honestly it could be something innocent like perhaps japanese cars are better than german cars or that electric or rather petrol or old school diesel is better than the the modern day hybrid or the modern day electric vehicles it could be something innocent of that nature or something a lot more serious like perhaps the belief or the thoughts that some of us have in terms of women's education or the thoughts in regards to money you see in some of our families we have this limiting belief about money as in money is not a good thing or you know what it's always been in the family none of us have actually made a lot of money or in terms of education you know i don't believe in degrees i don't believe in women being educated or i don't believe in education in general the men and women don't need a lot of education these are thoughts that are passed down generation to generation and at times we find it difficult to actually even identify these thoughts to give you an example to illustrate this better it's like you having an attic and in the attic or in the loft 
your father or your grandfather packed up a bag of things and put it away and now your father lugged it around with him and now you too you're lugging it around now how can you think of scaling a mountain how can you think of reaching the tops of the mountains with that bag that heavy bag that's with you lugging it around how, how do you think you can get into a relationship it's important that you unpack this bag so you really need to take the effort to go into the attic to go into the loft locate the bag pull the bag out it might be covered in dust and you might have to figure out how to open the bag it may be locked there might be a cord you, need, you might need to have you might have to figure out what the cord is and eventually when you open up the bag you come to realize that there's so much of stuff inside that need to be unpacked so many things you see after you come back from a journey unpacking a bag is not much of fun but you have to do it because life has to continue so likewise this bag needs to be unpacked you need to sift through what is inside there and let go of the negative baggage and honestly it's not the fault of anybody it's just that perhaps the people of the past the generations of the past perhaps your father your grandfather your great-grandfather maybe they didn't have the time to sit down to reflect to introspect to become aware of these limiting beliefs perhaps they didn't have the luxury to heal maybe they were just too busy putting food on the table they didn't have time to do it but you now alhamdulillah Allah has perhaps opened your mind towards it you're made aware of these issues these thoughts and now that you are it's upon you to break the curse and subhanallah it's extremely powerful because when you break the curse you are actually unlocking amazing potential for the generations later on see the prophet وسلم, in terms of that very important belief he broke that curse the curse that they were upon that you know what our forefathers were doing this so we're not going to move away from that now for us like i said it may not seem as serious as that but there are limiting beliefs like for example some of us think that you know what we can't move out of this locality because you know our entire family has been here so that in a way limits your potential for example the other day i was talking to a youngster and i felt that he had a lot of potential in the design industry and i encouraged him saying that you know why don't you pursue that why don't you pursue a, a, a career in design to which his response was oh you know but that's not a thing heard of in my family in my family everybody's an accountant or everybody's a doctor everybody's this everybody's that design that's the last thing that i can think of pursuing so now don't you think you've now become aware of a limiting belief because it just runs in your family it runs in your family that you know what you can't pursue this it runs in your family that you can't move out of this locality and for some of us now some of you might be thinking you know what i don't relate to what you're saying because we don't have it in our family perhaps that's your generational curse sweeping things under the carpet how many families sit down for a meal they're at the dinner table they're having lunch and all of them think you know what we don't have any issues but in all honesty every single member of that family they're dealing with their own issues and they don't want to face the issues they don't want to talk about it they don't want to unpack them they don't want to face the issues so the generational curse there is that everything is swept under the carpet and nobody talks about anything so that's a generational curse so it's upon us once we become aware of these generational curses that are perhaps affecting our lives affecting the lives of our families 
that we work towards unpacking them, that we work towards breaking them in a non-judgmental way. We're not supposed to blame. Some of us, we blame our families. We're like, you know what? It just runs in our family. Or my father is like this. My mother is like this. And that's why I'm like this. There's no point in playing the blame game, nor is there any point in judging. Rather, we work towards breaking it in a proactive way, starting off by changing ourselves. So here are, few, here are a few steps very quickly in terms of identifying these generational curses. Number one, step number one, it's important that you become aware. And in a way, the pagans during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, they were actually aware. They openly and blatantly said that, you know what, this is what our forefathers were doing and that's what we're going to stick to. So they were aware. But today, a lot of us, we're not even aware. So it's important to reflect, to become aware. So how do you become aware? You need to try and identify certain statements that are constantly repeated. Remember this, anything that is repeated and you keep on telling yourself, eventually it becomes a reality that you live. It becomes your story. Anything that you keep repeating and telling yourself, it eventually becomes your story. A quote from Steve Jobs, don't let the noise of others drown your own voice. At times the noise of others becomes your voice. You keep hearing this. Think about this. How many of us have at times mirrored the behavior of one of our parents? And sometimes it's a behavior that we don't like. But due to having observed it constantly, and due to having been exposed to that message again and again and again, we begin to mirror that behavior, even though we don't like the behavior. It's because it's become part of our story. It's almost like you're viewing the world with a green colored lens or a red colored lens. If someone were to give you a red sunglass and if you were to go outside, you would see the entire world in red. But that's your perception of the world. Another person comes out with a green sunglass, uh, glasses and for him the entire world is green. We, we have these distorted world views due to this self-talk. We keep telling ourselves something and that eventually becomes our story. And, and honestly, it's something scary. We have to be very careful in regards to the stories that we tell ourselves. We need to become aware. So step number one, you become aware. You, you, you start to notice, is there any statement that you constantly keep repeating to yourself? Like, you know what, I can't do this, I can't do that. There are so many statements or statements around you, with, uh, you know, with the people around you. Sometimes, you know, in terms of identifying, you need to also identify the triggers. There could be verbal triggers, there could be visual triggers. For example, if your spouse behaves like your mother or your father, that can kind of trigger this curse, where you go back to being a child where you've heard, you know what, you're not going to achieve anything in life. You know what, you're a loser in life. You know what, this, you can't do this, you can't do that, you'll never be able to do this, you'll never be able to do that. Or perhaps if your boss behaves like your teacher, you immediately, going, you, you immediately go back to being a student and that kind of activates the curse. So, so two parts. One is you become aware that, okay, you have this and this needs to be dealt with. Number two, you need to look at the triggers that trigger it at times. Now, when you look at the pagans, they were aware. They knew that, you know what? We are not going to follow you or follow what Allah has revealed because we are upon what our forefathers are doing. And, and what were the things that their forefathers were doing? During the time of the Prophet ﷺ, you know and you have read about their attitude towards women. What did they do? They would bury their daughters alive. Don't you think that's a generational curse? 
this attitude towards women they thought of women as being so inferior they when when the news was given to one of them that oh you have been blessed with a baby girl that individual's face would blacken would become gloomy oh a girl then you know he'd start working towards killing that child and at times burying the child alive because honor was with a male child so it was a generational curse that the prophet broke he raised the ranks of women during the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam islam raised the ranks of women it was a generational curse that was broken so they were aware of it they had fulfilled step number 1 but they were not willing to address it they were not willing to unpack it in the sense they located the bag they knew of all of the negative baggage but they were not willing to sift through it and get rid of it except for a few who eventually obviously became sahaba ridwanullah ta'ala alayhim ajma'in but those who refused to they are the ones being referred to in this ayah so it's important my dear brothers in islam it's it's a deep topic some of you you might have related to it it's important that you sit down and become aware of it and then decide you need to make space you need to make time to address it to process all of this you can't do it overnight it takes time it takes time but given that you have decided that you know what i'm going to unpack it i'm going to actually be the one breaking these curses and insha allah for every generation down the line you've done them a favor you've done them a favor by broadening their horizons by broadening their minds by helping them to see things see the world at times it's very easy to take residence in negativity when there is some form of negativity sadness or grief in your life it's very easy to take residence inside that negativity inside that grief and to begin to look at the world through that lens it's easy but that's not what we're supposed to do we're supposed to break free we're supposed to move on that's what islam teaches us when not the prophet was an optimist he was and a very powerful optimist who did not brood on his grief on negativity no he did face his share of challenges obstacles hurdles setbacks but he crossed all of that with this mentality this mentality that we need to nurture in our lives so inshallah taala i hope i was able to give you some insight in regards to this particular ayah in a uh, modern day application and inshallah i hope that we spend some time you see last friday's sermon in in balawata i spoke about stillness i spoke about this sense of being quiet for a while and introspecting and reflecting almost akin to meditation today when you when you talk about meditation in an islamic perspective everybody's eyes go up oh that's a taboo topic you shouldn't be going into it Well not all forms of meditation are problematic within Islam within the framework of sharia. Yes if it involves rituals where you worship other deities apart from Allah then yes it's problematic if you end up worshiping the sun the moon the stars and other cosmic objects yes but otherwise this concept is found in Islam. There is a concept known as muraqaba where you become self aware there is this concept where you strive towards ihsan Imam Al-Ghazali rahimahullah talks about it Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah talks about it this concept of being today in the chaotic world that we are in it's a rat race from morning to evening that's why we value long weekends like this we value holidays because it's so chaotic the noise outside there the chaos outside there actually messes up with our thinking 
And that's why subhanallah our deen gives us this break five times a day to discipline ourselves to be in this sense of stillness in the sense of quiet the prophet tells us man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir falyaqul khairan aw liyasmut let the one who believes in allah and the last day let him speak a good word or remain silent if you cannot contribute towards making the silence better then remain silent the prophet in another hadith he says that the parable of a believer is like that of a piece of gold so you as a believer we all identify ourselves as believers yes or no so you are like a piece of gold the owner as in allah blows upon the gold it can be in the furnace it can be outside the furnace if you were to blow on gold it does not change it it does not diminish it so this believer he goes through trials he goes through challenges he goes through difficulty but he is upon this even state of mind don't let your emotions and thoughts control you you know the words of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam a man goes to him and asks him advise me ya rasulullah la taghdab do not become angry okay ya rasulullah advise me again la taghdab do not become angry ya rasulullah advise me for a third time la taghdab do not become angry the other hadith the prophet tells us about the man about the wrestler the one who is strong is not the one who can wrestle and pin down another individual no the one who can conquer his or her anger and i asked the congregation think about it. we have this beautiful masjid that we are all seated here lovely masjid mashallah if an individual were to come up and go to the corner and start urinating start relieving himself what do you think you would all do what do you think we would do would we remain quiet this is exactly what happened during the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and you all know i don't even have to tell you how the prophet reacted so ask yourself how would i react and how did my messenger the one i'm striving to follow the one i say i love him muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam how did he react he reacted calmly he diffused the situation he stopped the sahaba from even stopping the man and once he had he was done relieving himself he asks for a pail of water has the najis the impurity cleaned and then he educates the man in a gentle and beautiful way this was the practice of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so my dear respected elders and brothers in islam let's work towards emulating muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam for there lies victory and success in this world in his life in his role model we will find victory in this world as well as the hereafter with that i conclude let's work towards breaking these generational curses let's work towards really becoming aware of ourselves of the greatness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by spending moments of contemplation by spending moments of tadabbur instead of wasting it in gossip backbiting negativity and toxicity subhanallah that is what is becoming the order of the day as believers as the ummah of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam we are far better let's move away from it uh, the bar is set so much more higher for us so let's work towards that with that i conclude i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us of our sins to accept our good deeds and on this rainy friday as it rains our duas are answered we pray that allah forgives our sins and just as how he unites us here may he unite us in the highest gardens of jannah with our beloved prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and may he bless us all to drink from his blessed hands at the fountain at the haud may he help us to purify our hearts may he help us to purge all negative elements from our hearts may he keep us united as a community as the ummah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam may he bless our country so that our country moves forward in a positive way and lastly 
May he help us to constantly work towards becoming better individuals. Amin, amin, wa akhir da'wai, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.